Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Matthew uh, chapter 16. Special welcome to those who are in church for the first time uh, in a long time. It's so good to have you with us. Amen. Matthew 16, 13, the Bible says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? What a great question. That's a question that Jesus directed to the disciples, but it's a, it's a question he's directing to all of us. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Who do we say that Jesus is? Simon Peter answered, you're the, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Didn't even think about it. Just came out straight. You are the son of God. Messiah. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. What Jesus was saying is, Simon, that didn't come out of your brain. <laughs> they came out of the, because of the, the Father in heaven who revealed that. And I will tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that by your spirit you are present here today. And I just pray that by your spirit you would speak to us. Uh, Father, I just pray that this word would become a living word. Father, let your gifts be in operation even as I share. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom. I thank you that it's not by might, not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And by your spirit, Lord God, speak. Let strongholds be broken. Let your power be manifest amongst us today. Let faith be released, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, I want to speak this morning on the subject, uh, God's glorious church. I want to speak about God's glorious church. COVID season has turned our world upside down. The things we took for granted, uh, going to a restaurant, uh, going to the gym, that's the one that hurt me the most, you know. I just can't go to the gym. What can you do? You know, it's just terrible. Uh, Going to work, uh, going to a friend's house for lunch. Hey, why don't you just drop her out? Just basic things that we took for granted. Um, And of course, coming to church, we're all uh, taken from us. Um, As a pastor, I felt the reality of not coming to church was kind of a double-edged sword. Um, It was negative in many ways. I don't know about you, but uh, if there's one thing that I missed more than anything else, it's coming to church. Uh, Just coming to the house of God. And initially, it was kind of okay. But then as as the months went by, I, I I started to get really agitated inside. I started to get a little bit angry with what was going on. We just want to get back to church. Um, and so the reality of not coming to church was, was negative in some ways, but positive in some other ways. 
I said in one sermon that for many people, their spiritual development is wrapped up in church. You know, I went to church on Sunday and I've kind of done the spiritual thing that I need to do. uh, And I'll see you next week. Reality is the responsibility for spiritual development does not rest with the church. It rests with us as individuals. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Some of us have abdicated our responsibility for spiritual development. We've abdicated and given it to the church. We said, the church will take care of it. Well, I went to church on Sunday. I've done the spiritual thing. I'll tick that off. I'll see you next week. The way we grow spiritually is through prayer, reading the Bible, developing our relationship with God. Church adds value to what we are doing as individuals. The corporate discipline of gathering together is built on the strength of the private disciplines that we do during the week. Now, I'm going to read that again because that's actually a really important principle. The corporate discipline of gathering together, which is really important just by the way, is built on the strength of the private disciplines that we do during the week. What makes Sunday morning special, what makes Sunday morning powerful, what makes Sunday morning everything we want it to be is what we do during the week. If we do nothing during the week, we don't communicate with God, we're on our busy routine, we're on the treadmill running, 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 going nowhere, and then expect everything to happen on Sunday morning Well, it's not going to happen. Instead, if during the week we're spending time with God, we're spending time in the Word, we're building our relationship with God, then when we gather on a Sunday morning, it just goes to another level. It's the same with the spiritual development of our children. Some parents think, well, I sent my kids to church on Sunday. I'll tick that box. Some parents think, well, you know, I'll send my kids to a Christian school, which is good, by the way. No problem. I have no trouble with that at all. But some, people, some parents think, well, I'll send my kids to, to, to church on Sunday. I'll send them to a Christian school. I'll tick that box. Primary responsibility for spiritual development of our children rests with parents. Rests with the home. God said to the people of Israel, he was speaking to the parents. He said, you impress these things onto your children. When you sit with them, when you speak, when you, when you walk with them, you impress these principles onto their hearts. It wasn't to the elders. It wasn't to the leaders. It wasn't to the priests. It was to the parents that God said, you impress these things onto your children. Now the church adds value or builds on what parents are doing at home. Some parents want to abdicate their responsibility for the spiritual development of their children. They want to pass that on to the church. They want to pass it on to the Christian school. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Can I hear a little amen? amen. Is this a little bit hard for the second Sunday back? My goodness. Um, I remember one time one parent came out. Oh, my kids are doing really bad. And, you know, you know I was the youth leader. You know, you do something about it. You know, do you do this, this, this and this? And I said, I, and I, I can't. We can only do what's being done at home. You understand? We can only, we can only build on what's being, being built on at home. It's all we can do. So in some ways, COVID's been great because it's forced us to take responsibility for our spiritual well-being. If you're going to get any word, yes, you can watch it on, on the screen, but you've got to get into the word. You've got to spend time uh, with, the, with, the, with God, you know, one-on-one, and it's forced parents to study the lessons and deliver them, you know. <laughs> and that's been good. Thank God for live streaming. Thank God for live streaming. Uh, that we've been able to stay connected as a church in some capacity. And I must be honest, in the early days, it was great. I mean, in, in, in my life as a pastor and as a Christian, I've never stayed home on a Sunday. <laughs> you understand? 
The thought of staying home on a Sunday just doesn't sit with me. Even when I'm on holidays, I'll, I'll get up on a Sunday. I've got to go to church this morning. I've got to find a church where I can go. Um, but it's, it, in the early days, I've got to admit, it was good. We, we would record the service during the week, so Sunday was, 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 was Sunday off. And so I'd get up at 9, like some of you, get, you know, make a coffee, have some breakfast, you know, wait for the service to start, see the countdown. Um, we do church in one hour. One hour, man. It's cool. And, and have the rest of the day yourself. It was awesome. Come on, can I hear a little amen somewhere? Yes, that's what I thought, you know. And some of us, if we're really honest, we kind of get used to that. And here's the danger with all of that. The danger is we can lose sight of the power of the local church. We, the danger is we can lose sight of the power of what's happening here this morning. The gathering of God's people. The assembling of God's people. Now, let me, let me preface what I'm about to say today. Uh, because for some of you, you've decided to stay home and you're watching me on the camera this morning. And I want to speak to you. You've got a health condition. Uh, you're in the high risk category. You're not sure about coming back. And if that's, if that's you, that's fine. Amen. Come on, church. This is, this is not about making someone feel condemned. This is about reminding us the power of the local church. And if that's you and you've made those kind of decisions, we encourage you to keep watching online. I want to make that really clear. I don't want anyone to walk away from this sermon feeling guilty. This is about reminding us because there's a real danger that in the last four months we've forgotten the power of this. And uh, my concern is that there's a group of people out there. We make reference to the pajama party, the pajama wearing people. Uh, I must admit, I was one of them. Uh, coffee drinking, you know. I don't want to put my makeup on this morning, kind of people. You know, it's just too hard. Uh, you, do you know, you know, you know, the tech team. You know, they were coming up to me. Even I'm going to put makeup on in the morning. And saying, Pastor Joe, your bold spot is a little too shiny. We need to put a bit of makeup on. You know, that's where it starts, don't you? Huh? Huh? It's a slippery slope. The next thing they'll be saying, Pastor Joe, your lips are not red enough. <laughs> There's a few too many pimples on your face. <laughs> We're going to have to put a bit of foundation. No. Um, I want to speak to that group of people there. Because I don't want us to forget the power of what happens here. Of what's happening here right now. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not overcome it. Church wasn't man's idea. The church was God's idea. And God had a very specific purpose for the church. He had a very specific vision. When he said, when he said I will build my church, he had a very specific vision of what that would look like. You know, I just love the fact that Jesus used a building term to describe what he was about to do with the church. And the ch this is the first time church is mentioned in the Bible, by the way. It's the first time it's mentioned right here. And Jesus had a very specific vision of what, of what he wanted to see when he, when he was speaking about the church. Whenever we build a building, whenever we build a house, one of the first things that we do is we ask the architect to draw a picture of what the end product is going to look like. We don't start with the technical drawings. We don't start with the you know, engineering reports. You don't start with any of that secondary. The first thing we do, let me see a picture of what the end product is going to look like. Amen? And so one of the questions I've asked myself, we ask ourselves in the leadership team, when Jesus said, I will build my church, the thing that gets a hold of my heart more than anything else when it comes to the church, what picture did Jesus have in mind when he said, I'm going to build my church? What was he thinking? What did he see in his imagination when he saw the church? What, what was he seeing? Because that's the kind of church I want to be. 
I don't know about you, but I, but, I, but I think what Jesus saw was a church that was lifting their hands and worshiping Jesus Christ, like we've been doing this morning in the name of Jesus. God saw a church where, where God's power would be released and, 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 and people's lives were being transformed, where marriages were being healed, where families were being restored, where, people, where people's lives were being restored from the wounds and the hurts of life, and where the church was making an influence not only in the building, but outside of the building in the name of Jesus. Can I hear an Amen. One of the thoughts that's grabbed me during this season more than any other thought has been the church is called to be a light in the darkness. We are called to be the salt of the earth. And for too many of us, we've become comfortable with what happens here on a Sunday morning. I want us to enjoy this. I want us to come to church with power, with strength. I want us to come here with excitement and faith. But don't, be mis- don't misunderstand. This is not what it's about. It's not about what happens in here. It's about what happens out there. The, ch- the early church grew because it was scattered, because it was being persecuted. It was forced out of the building and into the marketplace. And that's where it had its greatest influence and its greatest effect. And I pray that that would be the testimony of Life Christian Center. So this morning, I want to look at a question. Why church? Why is it so important to come to church? First reason why uh, we come to church, uh, three reasons. The first one is because... Uh, in the church is the presence of God. Now, I've already been talking about that, and even last week, I understand that God's presence is everywhere. I understand that God's presence is within us, but there's an aspect of God's presence that we can only experience when we gather together as the church of Jesus Christ. There's a dimension of the presence of God that we experience only when we gather together as the church of Jesus Christ. When God told Moses to build a tabernacle, he said, then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. And then later he says, and there I will meet with you and there I will speak to you. There it is. That's the vision. That's the purpose of this building. God says, I want you to build a sanctuary because I want to dwell among you. And Jesus confirms this in the New Testament when he says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, that, that, that verse has kind of become a bit of a cliche for many of us, but it's a powerful verse. I pray that we would get a revelation of what that verse actually says, because what it actually says is that when two or three people gather together in the name of Jesus, God says, I am present among them. And if there's something that we need more than anything else, it's the presence of God. Can you understand? I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't believe we fully understand the revelation of that verse. Because what it says is that when we gather together, even like this, that God is present. No, wait a minute. He's he's not present outside. He's not present in some other nation. He's not present in some other country. He's not present in some other city. He's present here amongst us. And if God is present here amongst us, well, anything can happen. What makes church special is the presence of God. What makes church different from any other organization, association or club or whatever it is, it's the presence of God. It's the fact that God is present. And when God is present, something changes. Anything can happen. I don't want you to come to church because of the music. We don't come to church because I, we do. We, we love the music. But what makes the music special, listen carefully, it's the presence of God. We don't come to church, well, you certainly don't come because of the preaching, but what makes this, this whole thing, that wasn't funny, that wasn't meant to be funny, 
It's a very serious no. Um, what, what makes this dynamic, the preaching of God's word dynamic, it's the presence of God. It's the fact that God somehow speaks through earthen vessels in the name of Jesus. I just read about Balaam and Balak and how God spoke through a donkey. I was encouraged straight away. I just felt faith come up in my immediately. I'm sure you can remember a time when you experienced the presence of God in church. One time God got angry with the people of Israel in the wilderness. I'm reading first five books of the Bible. He was ticked off with them again and again. Rightly so. You know, he would bless them. He would do incredible miracles and they'd be wandering off. Within two days, they're wandering off again. And he was fed up with them at one time. They kept whining, complaining, turning away from God. And God said, listen to this. He said, I'm going to send you into the promised land. I'm going to send an angel before you who's going to conquer all your enemies. And you're going to enter into the promised land, but I'm not coming with you. And you know the verse because I quoted many, many times. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send me. And listen to the next verse. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What made Israel different from every nation was they had the presence of God. What it, what, what is, what, what it was that made Israel different uh, from every other nation of the world was not their strength or their ability. It was they had the Shekinah glory of God there amongst them. And what makes the church different from every other organization is the presence of God. It's that God is with us, that God is present. The presence of God is so powerful that it can change our hearts and lives by His grace and for His glory. I love what Jacob said when he saw a vision of God in a dream. He said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. We are, he said this, I'm, I was so close to heaven. I was at the gate of heaven. Church, I pray that that would be the testimony of life, Christian sin. Come on, church. Come on, come with me. Come with me in this. I pray that this will be the testimony of our, of our church. Surely the Lord is in this place. How awesome is this place? This is the, this is the house of God. This is, the, this is the gate of heaven where I, was, I, w- I went to Life Christian Center. I felt so close to God. I felt like I was at the gate of heaven because that's what's going to change our lives because that's what's going to transform our hearts and our lives. Pastor Joe, can you experience that alone? Well, of course you can. Well, of course you can experience the presence of God when you're by, by yourself. But there is something very powerful about the corporate gathering of the church in a building, in a life group. And it's the presence of God. Second reason why we come to church is the power of God. I read Matthew 18, 20 before, but let me read you verse 19. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. This is Jesus who was speaking uh, to his disciples For or because where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. The reason why we want you to, we, we, the reason what you ask is done is because God is present. When God's presence is here, God's power is released amongst his people. One of the concerns with modern day church is we've, we've lost that revelation of church. We've lost the understanding of the power of gathering together. Um, God's power is exponential when we gather together as the church of Jesus Christ. 
Deuteronomy says, how can one man chase a thousand or two uh, put 10,000 to flight? I tell you how, it's the presence of God. It's the glory of God. Uh, some people treat church like restaurants. What do we feel like today? Who's speaking where? What's happening in the city today? If, I didn't, if we didn't have Life Christian Center, I'd tell you which church I would go to. I'd find a Chinese church, I'd be there. Because Chinese church, they always have food at the end of the service. <laughs> you get the church and the restaurant in the same thing, mate. It's amazing. It's very powerful. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, man, amazing. Mongolian beef after church. What else? What is you want? Church and then Chinese food. You got, you, that's heaven. That's, that's the gate of heaven, I tell you. Uh, in this consumer stage, church has become a product. We sell. And that was never meant to be the purpose of the church. You've heard me say, you know, we're blessed with podcast ministries, live streaming. I love it all. You know, on a Sunday now, can you imagine? We can watch service after service after service from all over the world. It's just powerful. But we need to be careful that we don't think that listening to a podcast or watching church online is the same as being connected to the church of Jesus Christ, being connected to the local church. Bible says that we have many teachers, but few fathers. We live in a world that wants, a Christian world that wants a lot of teaching. We got a lot of, we got more teaching than we ever have had in our whole life. More information at our fingertips than ever before in any age before us. Bible says we have many teachers, but few fathers. We want teachers, but we don't want fathers. No podcast preacher is ever going to visit you in hospital. No podcast preacher is ever going to cry with you when you're down. And no podcast preacher is going to admonish you when you're going off the rails. Didn't see you in church this week. Didn't see you connect online. What's happening? The only way you get this is by being planted in the house of God. Psalmist David says this, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Look at what happens when we're planted in the house of God. In the house of God, we flourish, we stay fresh, and we bear fruit. That's the promise of God, that if we're planted in the house of God, there's something very powerful about being planted in the house of God. And these are the promises attached to that. When we gather together with faith and expectation, God begins to move and the power of God is released in our midst. Third reason why we come to church is the people of God. We might think if we got God's presence and we have the power of God, then why do we need the people of God? <laughs> it's a good question. God's power and presence flow through God's people. I'm going to say that again. God's power and presence flows through God's people. Some people say, well, my relationship with God is fine. I don't need the church. Reality is we were never created to live our faith alone. Never. When God created the world, he said everything was good except one thing. When he created man, he said it wasn't good. And all the women said... Shame on you. <laughs> and just in case there was going to be any misconceptions, God, God clarified exactly why it wasn't good. He said it's not good for man to be alone. He needs someone to help him do stuff <laughs> because they need help. Okay. And every woman said, amen. Yeah, thanks. 
speak loud, amen, from the front. Uh, Jesus said, all the teaching of the Old Testament can be wrapped up into just two commandments. Listen to this carefully. Jesus said, all the law and the prophets can all be wrapped up in just two commandments, love God and love one another. What great commandments for the church. Love God, love one another. Relationship with God, relationship with people. We need both. Paul said to the Corinthian church, when you come together, listen carefully, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction or revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Paul was correcting some disorder that was happening in the church. Some, some, it was a mess in the Corinthian church. And so Paul writes this letter to correct what was going on in the Corinthian church. And listen to what Paul says. He was saying the way the church is built up in a service or in a life group, someone leads a song, someone teaches, someone shares a testimony, someone gives a word. God uses people to build up the church. God builds up the church through people. He uses earthen vessels like you and me. And in order to get that, you need to come together. Now listen carefully. There's a difference between a gathering and an assembling. There's a very big difference between a gathering and an assembling. Let me explain the difference. How many people have ever bought furniture from Ikea? Anybody ever bought furniture from Ikea? Yeah. Uh, You buy the cupboard and uh, you lay all the bits on the floor, you know. There's the wood, there's the screws, there's usually a big packet of screws. How many people have had bits left over? You know, that's always a concern for me. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, uh, all these bits left over, what's going to happen? Then there's the instructions. I, I hate the instructions. Um, and listen carefully. All the bits are gathered together, but the cupboard is never a cupboard until it's assembled. The cupboard is never a cupboard until... It's a sim. No one says, uh, hey, come and check out this cupboard that I bought at Ikea and all the bits are everywhere. It's not until it's assembled that it has any value. Be like bricks. You know, you can have a pallet of bricks. The bricks are gathered on a pallet. Each brick has worth. Each brick has strength. But when you get that brick and connect it with another brick, their worth, their individual worth is strengthened and increased. As a church, we can either be a gathering or we can be an assembling. Listen to what the Bible says. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Come on, you know this verse. I'm reading out of the New King James. It's the right version. Not forsaking, listen carefully, the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What God is saying that what's, what's going to protect us is assembling with each other, which is more than just gathering or just attending. And, 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 and the writer to the Hebrews is saying, as the end draws near, then this becomes even more important. Connect yourself with the local church. Assemble yourself with other believers in the local church because it's going to protect you. How many people got a feeling that something's going on in the world right now? How many people have this feeling inside of yourself that as you're reading, you know, the signs of the times and so on and so on, that, you know, you got this feeling, I don't know what's going on, I don't know if these are the end times, but it just feels like things are not the same and they're not going to be the same for quite a while. How many people kind of got that feeling? I mean, I know that there's a lot of uh, stuff on the internet about, you know, all these conspiracy theories about 
5G and, and microchips and all the rest of it. Uh, you know, I don't know, okay? Some of you are looking at me funny. All right, I don't, I don't know if they're right or wrong, okay? I'm not going to make a comment on all of that. But, you know, apart from all of that, it kind of, it kind of feels like we're reading Matthew and kind of watching it, uh, you know, before our eyes. We're reading the book of Revelation and we're kind of looking around us and going, something's going on in the world. Now listen to me carefully. What the Bible says, what Matthew says, what Jesus said as he was speaking about the end times, one of the marks of end times is going to be deception. It means that we're going to call black white and white black. I'm not speaking about unbelievers, I'm speaking about the church. And what protects us from deception is one thing. It's the church of Jesus Christ. What protects us from going off the rails is assembling together with God's people. Not just gathering. Paul said in Ephesians, from him, Christ, the whole body, the church, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. Listen carefully, as each part does its work. What a great verse. What a great scripture. Paul says in Ephesians, from him, Christ. Church is always about Jesus. It's we lift up the name of Jesus. He's the one who's leading the church. It was his idea. From Christ, the whole body, the church, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What, what makes the church glorious is the people. It's the interaction. God speaking through people. God using people to build each other up. We build one another up. That's why life group is so important. Not a lot of capacity here to talk to each other. It's, you know, it's just the nature of what we do. But life groups, it's, a, it's a more intimate, it's smaller, a greater opportunity for one to share one thing, someone else to share something else. Someone has a word to give that word. It's just powerful. I want to encourage you, be part of the local church. Don't just be part of the gathering. Be part of the assembling together of God's people. I pray that each of us would be part of Gathering together, assembling together of the church. I was on YouTube um, recently listening to some old songs. Amen. And I came across a song written by Chris Christopherson. How many people? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I know. Scary. Well, there's 70 plus people going. <laughs> no, I'm a joke. I'm a joke. I'm a joke. All us 50 plus going, yeah. And he wrote a song called Why Me Lord. How many people remember that song, Why Me Lord? On this video, he tells a story of when he wrote the song. And it reminded me the power of the church. Listen carefully. He tells a story how he was um, invited to church one day. Uh, they were doing some, some music shows or whatever they were doing. And someone invited him to go to church on the Sunday. So uh, he goes to church at the end of the service. Everyone was kneeling. It was a kneeling church. And uh, pastor says, you know, if you're lost, you know, I just want you to lift up your hand. If, if, if you're feeling lost, he says, I just want you to lift up your hand. And he said to himself, there is no way I'm going to lift up my hand in front of all these people. But before he could even consider it, his hand was going up like this. <laughs> and then the pastor says, if you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, something like that, he says, I want you to come up the front. And he said to himself, there is no way in the world I'm going to come to the front in front of all these people. These people are crazy. 
And before he could even gather his thoughts, he's walking out of his seat and he's walking to the front of the church. Pastor says to him, are you ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I mean, this guy was not saved, not, no church experience, no church background. He said to him, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Pastor said, kneel down. And he prayed for him, put his hands on him and prayed for him. Non-COVID season. And as he prayed for him, he says he began to weep. And he felt such a release. He says he felt forgiveness he didn't even know he needed. It's just powerful. And as I was, as I was reflecting that, I just said, that's what the church is about. That, that's what the church is about. That's it right there. There it is there. That's a picture of what the church ought to be, where the power and the presence of God is so real, where we, something moves us inside of us, where, where we come to Christ. We don't even know exactly what's going on or why or how or whatever, but, but the presence of God draws us to Himself. And lives are changed dramatically, powerfully. Out of that came this song. Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you've shown? Lord, help me, Jesus. I've wasted it so. Help me, Jesus, I know what I am. And now that I know that I've needed you so, help me, Jesus. My soul's in your hand. Tell me, Lord, if you think there's a way I can try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back to you. So help me, Jesus. I've wasted it, so help me, Jesus. I know what I am. And now that I know that I've needed you, so help me, Jesus. My soul's in your hand. Why is, why is church so important? Why is church so powerful? whether it's a gathering in Adelaide here like this or in some other country where people are hiding in the basement uh, uh, because that's the only kind of gathering they have. What's, what's the power of the local church? Church is powerful, glorious, because when God's people assemble, assemble together, the presence and the power of God is released in people's lives. That's my prayer for Life Christian Center. That every time we assemble together, God's Spirit and presence and power would be released in our lives. Will you stand with me? Just a couple of things I want to do before we close the service. One of the things that live streaming um, has helped us to do is to reach people's homes or uh, be able to influence people that would probably never step foot into this church there might be people some watching online even this morning and here in the building and maybe you've never ever given your life to Jesus Christ why not do it today you know uh, God always responds to faith and uh, he never forces himself on anyone he never makes us do something we don't want to do He's given us something called a will 
And we have the capacity and the ability to respond. Some people say, I couldn't help myself. It's not true. We have something called a will that enables us to choose between this direction and this direction. And let me tell you the greatest decision that you can make, the greatest decision you can make is to give your life to Jesus Christ. And maybe there's someone watching today online or is even here present today that you've never ever given your life to Jesus Christ and and you want to do that today, I would love to lay hands on you, but I can't do that this morning. But I want you to respond in some way. And if that's you, every eye closed, every head bowed, come on. Let's let's respect this moment um, because maybe somebody wants to give their life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've drifted away from God and you want to drift back to God. If that's you, come on, I just want you to put your hand up. If you're here in the audience here today or online, come on, I want you to respond. Put your hand on your heart and I want you to just say, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to allow Him to be the Lord of my life. Come on, if that's you, I want you to respond right now. Just put your hand on your heart if you're watching online. If you're here, just put your hand up and I'm going to pray with you in Jesus' name. And just believe with you in the name of Jesus. I want everybody to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, for paying the price. I give my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Wash me clean. Use me for your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, the Bible says, one more prayer and then we're done. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And whether we believe it or not, His presence is here with us right now. Come on, church. I I want us to tap into this principle. It's not my scripture. It's Jesus' words. When two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. What will determine whether we tap into the presence of God is our faith. Pastor Joe, I don't have faith. We can pray, Lord, increase my faith. So this is what I want to do. Maybe you need something from the Lord today. Maybe you've walked into church limping. As Lana was praying before, maybe, maybe you're discouraged. Maybe it's been a tough week. Maybe stuff has happened over the last few months. Uh, you haven't gone closer to God. You've drifted away. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe the future's uncertain. Maybe anxiety has gripped your heart. Maybe uh, there's things happening right now that have absolutely nothing to do with COVID, but you're going through a, through a dark season and you need God to intervene. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand right now. I'm going to pray with you in Jesus' name. Just, just Pastor Joe, how, how, do I, how do I show faith? Just lift up your hand and believe, hey, God's presence is here and He's going to minister. Put your hand up. You can put it right back down again. So all I want you to do, just put your hand up. Say, Lord, I just need you, Lord. I just need you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I certainly need the Lord. Oh, my God. I certainly need the Lord. Come on, if that's you, just put your hand up. Put it right back down again. If you're watching online, just put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Come on, if you need something from the Lord, just just lift up your hand. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. We're in the presence of God. His Spirit is here. Just reach out to the Lord and allow Him to minister to our hearts and lives even today. Father, I just thank You for the assembling of Your people, Lord God. I thank you that every time we come together as the church of Jesus Christ, you're present. And Lord, there are some of us that need a miracle in our lives. 
There are some of us that need the Spirit of God to just come upon us. There are some of us that have tried with our own effort, Lord God, and got nowhere, Lord God. We just need You, Lord God. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's through Jesus. It's through Jesus that we will be able to do things we could never do on our own. And so, Lord, you see the hands that are lifted up, those watching online that need a touch from you, Lord God. I just pray, reach out by your Spirit in the name of Jesus, even right now. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that the enemy is defeated, your name lifted high. I thank you, Father, for the Spirit of, of the miraculous to be amongst us in Jesus' name. I thank you for the Spirit of the supernatural to be amongst us in the name of Jesus. Father, you said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, Lord God. And Father, we receive that in the name of Jesus. Whatever shall be loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven, Lord God. Let that be a, the case this morning, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen.